and enter not in the judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, and hath smitten me down to the ground. He hath made me to dwell in darkness, as those that have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, my heart within me is desolate. I remember the days of old. I meditated on all thy works. I mused on the works of thy hands. I stretched forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsted after thee as a thirsty land sealer. Let's pray. Our gracious and most kind Heavenly Father, Lord, we are indeed thankful for what our, our hearts and our ears have already hear, heard. Lord, we're thankful in the way that, that you orchestrate the events of life. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for what you have put on the heart of our, our brother tonight. And I'm thankful for that which you have, you have knit my heart to tonight. Lord, I indeed come to you knowing that there is no sufficiency within myself, no abilities. Uh, uh, but Lord, I know that you can use me, Lord, if you desire to. Lord, I desire tonight that all that would inhibit or keep you from using me, Lord, you would forgive me, make me clean. Uh, Lord, use my mouth tonight uh, for your honor and your glory. For we ask it in Jesus' precious name we pray amen and amen when we come to our text tonight it is it is almost as if you can see the transition as our brother has brought us to the awareness of an enemy and not only the awareness of an enemy but what to do in that time of that enemy of how that we are to clothe ourselves that there is provision that is made to, to, to equip us and, and there is a shield of faith and, and a sword of the spirit that brings us our, our brings us to the condition that we are now ready to intercede or cry out to our God in our behalf. May I say when we come to this particular psalm tonight, we have no idea exactly what it is that has driven David into the season of prayer. Many times on psalms like these, uh, uh, there will be an occasion giving. Uh, this week we have heard folks uh, uh, preach and teach from the psalms, and they, they brought out about events, about the cave of Adullam, or, or being pursued of Saul, or, or particular instances. But may I say tonight, we, we have no awareness of, of what it is. And may I say we ought to excite ourselves a, a little bit for the fact that we do not know why it is because, uh, may I say, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, whatever it is uh, uh, in your life, whatever area of attack that has come on you, may I say, you can cast all your care upon Him for He careth for you. Amen. May I say, we can take uh, uh, the needy hearts uh, that we have and we can run in prayer. Uh, we can approach uh, and come into the presence of our God. Amen. But notice here with me tonight, as we notice this prayer of David, I want you to know just a few things about this as he enlightens us out of these areas of prayer. 
Notice in verse number one and verse number two, uh, we find the manner of prayer. In other words, uh, uh, David, as he uh, is coming into the into the presence of the Lord, uh, he, he is following the admonition of the writer of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews said, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. May I say there is no, there is no, uh, uh, how can I say, uh, a spirit of, of idle or, or uh, a spirit of, of withdrawal about David's prayer life here. In other words, uh, notice that opening uh, uh, verse there. Hear my prayer. In other words, uh, uh, David is coming boldly because uh, he believes that there is a God in heaven that, that can hear and answer his prayer. And in this, this area of boldness, uh, I notice, if you will, uh, some three things about it. Notice that first word, uh, the word hear there. That word means to hear intelligently. It means to pay attention. It means to be obedient. Uh, it means to hear carefully. In other words, uh, may I say, uh, uh, David is taking a prayer as a serious matter. Uh, David is uh, uh, not somehow uh, thinking that, you know, it's just uh, something that I come and I just say a few words and I just cast a few thoughts out. And I know David is coming and David earnestly knows uh, he must seek the face of God. And he's saying there to God, in essence, uh, oh Lord, I'm serious. Oh Lord, uh, I've got something uh, uh, here that uh, that is uh, uh, facing me and I want you to be careful to hear it. I want you to hear it in such a manner that you can respond uh, in obedience uh, to what I've got to say. May I say that sounds a, a little bright tonight, but I want to ask you a question. How many of you pray prayers and you don't want God to answer them? You say, what do you mean, man? I say, uh, Brother Smith, he's praying a prayer. He wants God to answer. In other words, uh, uh, there's some seriousness uh, about him. He, he wants God to, uh, to pay attention in what he's doing there. But notice, uh, not only does he use the word hear, but notice uh, he makes a statement here. He says, oh, Lord, give ear. Hey, I tell you what, I love, I love, I love this book. I uh, used to say, why? Because it is so filled with rich illustrations uh, that 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 gives such a great illumination to uh, to, to, to the ideas of, of principle in the Word of God. Uh, that that word uh, there, uh, I'll give ear, uh, but but it means uh, to listen or or to give ear. But I love this. Uh, it's a word picture, Brother Smith. And it literally means uh, to cut the hand and put it behind the ear. And I can remember when I was just a little boy, and uh, uh, my dad would take us out and uh, take me out with him, and, and we'd uh, uh, he bought me and my brother a, a beagle dog, and uh, we we would go out rabbit hunting. And, and uh, anybody that knows about a rabbit hunt knows uh, you jump a rabbit, and, and and dad would say, "Okay, you boys just stand still. I don't have to go nowhere because we know one thing about that rabbit." Wherever you jumped him, after a while, he's coming right back where he comes from. And them dogs would be on his heels, uh, and they'd be chasing that rabbit. Uh, we'd be standing there. All of a sudden, he'd get steady, he'd get quiet, uh, and all of a sudden, they'd say, say something, and you boys be quiet. They'd do something like this. You say, what do you mean? In other words, he was listening intently. 
He, he wanted to be able to, uh, to sense the first uh, uh, the first evidence uh, of the barking of those dogs. Uh, and you say, what do you mean? May I say, David here is not only calling God to attention, but he's saying, Lord, I sure would appreciate it if you would lean over the battlements of heaven, a cup of your hand, and put it behind your ear. I don't want you to miss a word. I don't want you to miss a, uh, it's the intensity in which I'm crying out to you. Notice that not only do the, the word here and the word give it, but notice the word supplication. That word supplication means an earnest prayer. But I love this. It means, it's a, it comes from the word meaning to, uh, to bend or stoop in kindness uh, to one that is inferior. In other words, uh, uh, even in this boldness, uh, even in this, this uh, idea that, Lord, I don't want you to miss a word. Hey, Lord, I'm coming knowing you don't, you don't owe me anything. I don't deserve anything. I'm an inferior to you. But I want to tell you, with the God of glory, simply stoop in mercy and in grace and hear and answer my prayer. Hey, I want to tell you some prayer. I don't know if you pray like that, but that's the way David prayed. I want to tell you, David had a confidence in God. Hey, may I say to your friend, many times in our lives, the reason our prayer life is so weak and anemic is because there is no boldness, because there is no relationship, there is no awareness of the God that we're praying to. Amen. I want to tell you, David knew that God. He knew that God in the starry heavens out there as a shepherd boy. He knew that God as a fugitive running from King Saul. He knew that God as a sovereign praying for direction on how to rule a kingdom. He was a man that knew that God could hear and answer prayer. We see here the intensity with which David is praying. But don't miss this. I, like I said, you'll have to forgive me every now and then. I get amused at, at things in the Bible. And here's one of, not only do we see the intensity in verse number one, but notice something, if you will. In verse one and two, he begins to instruct God on how he wants him to hear. In other words, I don't only, not only want you to hear, but I'm going to tell you how I want you to hear my prayer. You say, what do you mean? Notice the spirit of hearing. Notice in verse number one, he said, and, and hear, O Lord, in thy faithfulness and thy righteousness. You know what he's saying? Lord, I tell you how I want you to, I want you to respond. I want you to respond in your faithfulness and your righteousness. Hey, I want to tell you, dear friend, I'm glad that I've got a God that I know is faithful and righteous. I want to tell you tonight, I've already mentioned my uh, one of the verses that, that seemed to warm my heart is the idea of that verse that says, will not the God of all the earth do right? I want to tell you, I take confidence tonight in believing that whatever is going on in my heart and in my life, I've got news, I've got a God that is right, will be right, he's faithful, he's righteous. May I say, he cannot be charged with doing anything false or underhand. Amen. David's saying to God, I tell you, Lord, I want you to answer in your faithfulness. I want you to answer in your righteousness. I want you, if you'll do that, Lord, this is what I know. I may not understand. I may not know exactly what's going on, but I know it'll be right, Lord. I know it'll be right. But then notice, he not only gives the spirit of hearing, but then he points out in verse number two, the sympathy in hearing. Notice 
notice what he said. Now, Lord, I'll tell you how I do want you to enter. But let me tell you, I don't want you. I don't want you to enter into judgment with thy servant. For in thy sight shall, uh, shall no man living be judged. Hey, I'll tell you what. David's saying, I'll tell you how I don't want you to answer. Oh, Lord, there's no doubt that there's areas uh, in my life, there's areas uh, uh, that's not exactly uh, what they ought to be. Oh, Lord, tonight, I do not want justice. Now, I'll tell you, you may want justice, but I don't. You say, well, me, I want justice. Well, how come it is? You draw up like a prune every time you see a blue light on the interstate. <laughs> you say, what do you mean? You ain't want justice. <laughs> No, 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 friend, you want mercy. Uh, you're wanting a little leeway. And may I say, David here uh, is a man enough to know uh, who he is. Uh, he knows his nature. Uh, he knows what he's done. May I say, uh, he is not a man that is free of sin, but he knows what to do with his sin. And he's coming into the presence of God. And he's saying, Lord, I want you to answer in righteousness, answer in faithfulness. But dear God, don't give me justice. Don't give me what I deserve. May I say, David has come in here and he begins to pray. And there is this confidence there. There is this boldness there. There is this assurance in his life. And I encourage you tonight. May I say, if, you, if you're not that kind of prayer tonight, may I say, get to be that kind of prayer. Amen. Learn to pray with, with confidence and, and boldness. Let us therefore come boldly. That word, I love that. that I love that word, boldly. There, it really doesn't. It really doesn't portray an attitude of of the of the of the uh, approach as it does the uh, does the speech with which one with which one prays. You say, what do you mean? In other words, the idea of the word bold there carries the idea to speak one's mind freely. You know, there there's some folks they've got this idea about God that somehow you know. Maybe if I don't say it, he don't know it. <laughs> I hate to give you the bad news, friend. Uh, he already knows it. And you might as well come clean. You, hey, what a chance. Uh, you, you might as well go in there in that prayer closet and say, Lord, I'll just be honest with you, I don't understand. I'll just be honest with you, Lord. I, 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 I'm bewildered. I, I, matter of fact, Lord, I, because of who I am, I, may I say, I, I, I'm to some degree I, to the point that, that I'm a little disappointed in you. You say, I wouldn't say that. Well, he already knows. You, 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 I, I've just finished. I hope to have it out about about two months. I've just finished the book on uh, part of the books on Psalm 73. I believe the greatest, greatest compact picture of true revival anywhere in the Word of God. And a man by the name of Asaph is honest enough to openly write. He said, I was envious at the prosperity of the wicked. You know what he's saying? He said, I, 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 I just feel like I've got a little bit of a raw deal. God, look what, look at what the world gets. Look what I got. You say, I wouldn't pray that way. Well, may I say, thank God he prayed that way to ultimately because he come to the point and he closes out in the psalm and says, I'm glad I sought you. 
You just say, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, uh, you, you need to get honest. You, uh, you need to have a, an awareness that, that come into the presence of God. I'm not talking about uh, some arrogance. I'm not about in some uh, uh, demeaning way. But I want to tell you, uh, there's a God that, that, that loves you and cares for you. And this man by the name of David was the man after God's own heart. And may I say, he had a heart for God, and God had a heart for him. And he knew what it was to commune and communicate with But notice, not only do we see, as we see here in David's prayer, do we, we, we see the manner of his plea. But I want you to, and this is the area I really want to get to just for a little while, on the motivation of his plea. The motivation of his plea. Now, something has to motivate you or whoever it is or David to drive them to God in prayer. Matter of fact, uh, I was reading a little bit of a book I picked up, uh, Oswald Chambers, and he was writing there a little bit and he made the comment about, about the goodness of the problem. He said that the problem's not all bad. He said, somebody will say, yeah, it is. No, it isn't. He said the problem can be good in the fact that it did drive you to God. Most of the time, the good times don't drive you to God. Drive you to God. They drive you away from God. They, they, there's a wedge there. And here, here David, he is, a, a, may I say, something has motivated him, something has empowered him uh, to now that, that he is being driven into the presence of God. Uh, he is going in there with a, an intensity that, that he's crying out. And let, let me make this comment uh, tonight. May I say, if I can uh, stay with you long enough and, and watch you long enough and listen to you long enough and I find out what motivates you, I can tell more about you than you than you will ever reveal anywhere else. I can tell more about you than anything any other aspect of your life. I tell more about than, than what you say or what, what you say you are if you'll just allow me to find out what motivates you. Yeah. Well, you say, what's motivating David? Well, there's two things. Notice, first of all, in verse number three through four, there's present problems. Notice he said here, he said, therefore, my soul is overwhelmed uh, within me and my heart uh, within me is desolate. And in other words, uh, and he talks about in verse number three, he said, for the enemy hath persecuted. In other words, uh, uh, there is this enemy that has, has been turned loose. Uh, as, as Brother Decker said, uh, he either is knowledge, God's knowledge beloved, or he's uh, uh, permitted it to happen. But this enemy has, has arisen, has, has come. And that word enemy there uh, means hated, uh, uh, means an adversary. Uh, it means uh, a one of a hostile tribe. David said, doesn't tell us who it is, doesn't tell us what it is, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't say that. But you can be assured who's behind it. Our brother told you who's behind it. And this enemy has, has come, has, has made its way, has, and, and, and the problems begin, uh, begin to arise. And, and in other words, uh, I, notice, uh, I notice here uh, that the enemy has, has begun to uh, deal uh, uh, hurtful blows, uh, harmful blows uh, in the life of David. And notice the areas of these blows. Notice, first of all, uh, he tells God uh, he's had access to my soul. Notice what he said, he has persecuted my soul. 
That word persecuted means to run uh, with a hostile intent to, to chase or, or put to flight. David's literally saying uh, uh, the very soul within me, uh, the enemy has, has been given access and my, my soul finds itself uh, wanting to flee uh, like a bird to the mountains. Uh, my soul wants to uh, take wings and, and leave. Uh, uh, they cannot handle the persecution. And he said, I find my soul fleeing. But then notice something else. He said, the enemy has not only had access to my soul, but the enemy has had access to my body. Notice he says there, and has smitten my life. The word smitten there means to crumble, bruise, or break, or crush. Uh, literally, the idea is, uh, uh, David said, when it comes uh, to my body, uh, he's had access. Uh, it's like he's crushing it. It's like he's bruising it. It's like uh, uh, he's come in, and, and my very body is being crumbled. Now, there's one thing that I found out. May I say, uh, a lot of folks can handle the problems when it's associated with the soul. But I don't, I don't know why it is the way we are made up. I want to tell you, when the body is afflicted, may I say, there is a great access that the devil has in your life. I've seen people go through multitudes of problems. And somehow, when they walk into that doctor's office, when they get a report of a loved one, I want to tell you the access that is given to the enemy, it, it seems overwhelming. David said, It's not just my soul, but my body is being bruised, my body is being crushed within me. But then look at verse number three. Not only David said my soul to my body, but look at verse number three, verse number four. He said my spirit. He says, therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me. In other words, that word overwhelmed there means to shroud with clothing, a clothing or darkness. David is saying it is if my spirit has been draped over by a sheet or a blanket or whatever it is. It's like I'm dwelling in this outer darkness. And notice he goes on to say that his heart is desolate. The word desolate there means numb or grown numb. In other words, David is saying, I don't know if you've ever got here. I don't, I hate to give this testimony, but as far as I know, one instant in my life I've got here. And I want to tell you, it's like the lights of heaven went out. Now lost all people. Have you ever, I don't know if you've ever been here, been there. I hope, I hope you haven't. But have you ever been around somebody and you walked up and you asked them, so, how you doing? And they looked at you and they said, I don't know. I don't know. I'm to the point that I, that I'm numb. No, I, I, I want you to get this. It is not that God has lost sight of you in these trials of adversity when they get to the point it seems like that through the trial He's lost sight of you. Yeah. Here's where David's at. 
this enemy has come in. You, 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 do, you, do you understand what David is saying? Man is, a, is made up of body, soul, and spirit. David is saying there is no area of access, Lord, that you've restrained him. There, there's no area of, of my entire being that, that, that the enemy has, has not walked in and, and, and either bruised or, or darkened or, or numb or, or, or put to chase. There's no area of my entire being that the enemy, and may I say, it's in that moment that David finds himself in these present problems and he flees to the rock. But I want you to get this. This is where I want to go. Anybody can pray when there's trouble. Take the most godless individual you want to take and put him in an adverse circumstance. And you'll hear him say this. Oh God! I know exactly where I was sitting on 9-11. My wife was having a medical procedure. I was sitting in the waiting room. I sat in there that morning and I had had all of the better homes and gardens and <laughs> I could say it. There's something on TV. I don't even know what it was. But I was tired of watching it too. But I was watching and all of a sudden, the lady come running out of the side door, went over and switched the channels, and I thought, you, how rude can you be? I mean, whatever. I had no idea what was going on. When she turned on the TV, turned the channel on the TV, immediately the news broadcast was being brought, and I could see one tire that was already on fire. And I watched as the second plane hit the tire. And I sat there, Brother Bobby, and I watched them as they as they came, as they disintegrated. And I watched them fall. They showed people leaping out of buildings, uh, the, the towers to their death. They, they, they saw people running and screaming. And you know what happened the very next day? The most godly people in the world got on the, in Washington, gathered hands on the steps of the Capitol building. They said, this is the time our nation needs to be called. <laughs> Only a matter of days later, they'll introduce a bill to remove the godly trust. Or, you say, what's your point? My point is, you ain't praying trouble. You say, you encourage me not to. Oh, no, no, you're missing my point. You, you, you're missing what I'm trying to show you. May I say, uh, when those troubles come, when, when the soul or the spirit or the body is afflicted and, and, and you find yourself on the run, you're numb, uh, you're, you're in that area of dark, may I say, all means, uh, uh, may I say, run to the rock that is higher than But may I say, here's what I want you to notice. May I say, uh, it is not just present problems that has driven David, that has made David the, the prayer warrior, uh, the, the, the man of God that knows that God hears and answers prayer. It's not just problems. Please get this true. While the persecution of the enemy made him aware of his need for help, may, his, may I say his past performances and provisions of God gave him hope. 
May I say to you, he's not going to be just driven into the presence of God because of, because of present problems. But may I say, he's going to be driven into the presence of God because of God's past performances. May I say, dear friend, if all you do is pray because of present problems, you know where you're looking? You're still looking at your problem. But may I say, when you begin to realize that there has been a God that has heard and answered, there is a God that has been needful, helpful in your heart and your life, and all of a sudden you begin to realize, Brother Bobby, it's not just help that I'm praying for, but may I say, I'm praying because I know there's hope.
I begin with pleasure. I, I begin to uh, murmur with pleasure. But notice uh, this word mused uh, uh, here. It doesn't mean murmur, but, but it means to converse with oneself, uh, to utter aloud. Uh, uh, all of a sudden now, uh, those words that nobody could understand, those those uh, uh, tones that, that were not elevated uh, uh, to any degree, all of a sudden now uh, begins to make a conversation. He begins to talk to himself. He begins to talk out loud. He begins to say, you know, David, you, uh, you've got a good God. Uh, uh, David, uh, you've got a God of protection. David, you've got one that stood near you. Uh, David, you've got one that, that withstood the bear, the lion. Uh, uh, David, you've got a God that directed a stone uh, and killed a child. Uh, David, you've got a God that protected you. And uh, Saul can't catch you. And uh, the enemy can't catch you. And all of a sudden, David's talking to himself. And he's reinforcing what God has begun to do in his heart and life. As God gets bigger and bigger and bigger and closer and closer and closer. Amen. But then notice this. I love this. Look, don't miss it. Verse number six. He said, I stretch forth my hands. Now, that, that, that word stretched carries the idea to break apart or spread abroad. Now, some people that'll be fine. I've never, I've never read after anybody this with this. But, but, but if you wanna, if you wanna take it that he began to worship, I, I, I think it's totally possible. But for me, I don't think that's what happened. You, you say, well, what do you mean, bro? I, I, I believe at this point, David is going to use a universal language that every grandparent in the world understands. You know, you've been having those kids and they're over there and they're out there running around and you, they're about to drive you nutty and, and, and whatever and, and they're, they're off in another room and all of a sudden you hear, you hear a, a, a cry uh, you, you hear a, a sob, uh, you, you hear a needling, uh, your ears are pricked, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, Brother Smith, uh, uh, they come around the door, and in the universal language, uh, uh, this is what they do. <laughs> you say, what did David do? He's been musing. He's been murmuring. He's been talking to himself, uh, and God's getting bigger and bigger and closer and closer. And I believe, you can believe what you want to, Brother Smith, uh, I finally think uh, he finally stops talking to himself, and he says, Cut Because you know what he knows? Three seconds in the arms of Jesus. Take care of every problem. Amen. You can pray out of the problems if you want to. Yeah. That ain't the way I want to pray. Brother Bobby, I'm going to pray because I know there's hope. Amen. In those dark hours, in those times that I'm done, I want to be able to know that I can ease and turn myself toward him. And know that he has turned toward me. Amen. As I begin to reflect on his goodness, in a low tone to myself, he's drawn closer. The light's getting brighter. The first thing you know, I begin to audibly talk about how good he's been and what he's doing. He's getting bigger and brighter all the time. 
Finally, he's close enough. Exactly, he's exactly Brother Smith where I want him. Jesus just take me up in your arms just for a little bit. You say, my situation going to change. It's probably not going to change. That enemy's still going to be right there. But may I say, it doesn't matter. Because I want to tell you, if Jesus comes with me, I'll go anywhere. It is heaven to me wherever I be. If he is there. That's all that matters for me. May I say, as our brothers pointed out, we, our, our fighting, our fighting is not with flesh and blood. Right. And the weapons of our warfare are not are not carnal. We're to take on the whole armor of God, take on the shield of faith, grab the sword of the spirit, and what I do, I'm in the condition then as never before. I'm ready to enlist and call out the true one that can aid me and help me, and I cry out and I pray to God. May I say, when I pray to him, he comes to my aid. And I'm not praying just because of the problem. But I'm praying because I know that I know that there's hope. There's hope in him. Would you stand here?